All right, welcome back, Hawklings. We have a very <laughs> special guest. Um, his, you may know him as Blank. Um, right now, we are joined by JP as we're going to dive into, you know, what does Blank mean, uh, what has Blank done, and what is Blank going to do. Um, so yeah, yo, we're nice. just going to dive deeper into that, and I'll pass it off to Connor. Yeah, so what's going on, man? Uh, not a lot, dude. Just got uh, just got back from the BTSM tour and just yeah. uh, chilling out at home, doing the quarantine thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, nobody's got a lot going on, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Everyone's just chilling out at home. It's a good good bit of downtime, though, I'm gonna, not going to lie. It's, it's yeah, nice to sure. be at home and relax a little bit. Coming from the craziness of touring, I'm sure that's a nice uh, change of pace. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a change of pace, but um, tour was incredible, so I, mm-hmm. I was... Definitely, um, definitely bummed that it got cut short, but yeah. Was that your first time touring with BTSM? Uh, yeah, it's my first time probably touring with them and also my first time doing a proper like bus tour. Yeah. So. Oh, um, so it was a bus tour. It was a bus tour, yes. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Um, it's, it, it, it didn't seem like there's 12 people on that bus, but it, it never really <laughs> once felt like we were for me anyway that we were like too cramped in to each other's like personal space and stuff so that that was all that was all fine but um yeah the entire thing was just incredible it was such a cool uh experience to be able to like wake up in a new city like literally yeah. every day <laughs> just play a show and yeah i just meet new people and do all that kind of thing and just play music it was fucking awesome yeah that's awesome i saw now i know we were just talking about being quarantined you tweeted about uh making some melodic I'm guessing like future bassy kind of drum and bass now is that uh I'm that that got me excited that would be pretty awesome I'm not gonna lie yeah um yeah I mean I it's something that I haven't really delved into too much before and um, I've kind of wanted to um sort of like my my roots are more or less drum and bass in terms of like I'm obsessed with pendulum so mm-hmm um they 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 were my kind of crossover so i've been wanting to like really get into drum and bass for a while but i didn't really think it was me for some reason but um Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was my first proper like attempt at it recently um and it's i'm really stoked with how it came out it's not like future bassy as such but it's like melodic drum and bass would you say it's liquid drum and bass is that accurate it's liquid no oh really okay well liquid's more like flowy kind of thing i don't think it would Mm -hmm. be that okay I'm excited but nonetheless. You'll, you'll see. Yeah. yeah. Did you see uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pendulum's uh, Twitch or not Twitch stream, but stream with Rampage? They did. They did a Rampage thing, didn't they? I didn't actually yeah. end up getting to see that. No. Ah, um, so good. That would have been. That would have been really fucking cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It's crazy how many concerts or uh, festivals yeah, are being true. postponed right now. It's yeah. It's pretty incredible. It's, did you see the um, Beyond Wonderland stream last night? Yeah. That was sick. They were like fully decked out this room yeah it was mad there was like decks and lights and like full-on um lasers like, and stuff yeah lasers and shit. <laughs> the whole room was like covered in flowers and shit it was awesome yeah, yeah. i mean it, this all obviously sucks and it's, it's i, I wanted to end yeah. it's, but, a, it's a yeah. shame but it's like yeah it's really cool it is really cool making all the best of a situation yeah exactly it's uh well so i mean that that kind of goes right into the first thing we want to talk about we're kind of going to start from the beginning with um some of your influences and starting uh, specifically with like your past project, uh, Lukey. Mm, I mean, yeah, back back in those days is when like yeah, Porter was coming through and Skrillex and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think 
Kill the Noise as well and like the Mumbaton for Dylan, Dylan Francis, that kind of shit. I used to like love all of that stuff. So I mean like that that kind of helped shape me a little bit back then, I think almost more so now um, because back then um, I was kind of experimenting with as many things as I could. I'm still doing that now, but I mean like um, tr- like when I was starting production, it kind of was really good to be able to tr- like figure out what I did like and didn't like or what caught on and what didn't catch on. So that was all a bit of a, bit of a learning curve back then. Um, but I think all of those like old school electric kind of vibes were, you know, definitely really stuck with me. Yeah, I definitely, I agree with that. Just from like seeing like different sets of yours, like you definitely incorporate more of that like energetic electro kind of feel yeah. during certain parts of the set. And it like, it, it's a nice change of pace, I think from the more like trappy, yeah. like experimental stuff that you've got going on lately yeah for and, sure. oh and yeah, like you definitely it. hear it in the prey in the Illinium prey remix like a thousand that percent oh, like that's why God, i really like that remix. remix the most just because like you you don't you keep the fast pace like through oh. the second verse and you yeah. would think that like kind of how he does the say it remix where he goes like bomb 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 and then it goes into the dubstep drop and your remix you like just keep it like just high energy yeah <laughs> and then at the end you know it gets all good and stuff yeah totally it, that was cool that's a cool remix because it's <laughs> i don't know it's just me fucking brain farting all these different ideas and putting it into like one <laughs> song and it trying to figure out how to make it work and uh, <laughs> like yeah the the really big like melodic dubstep like first drop and then like whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you want to call the second hard hardcore thing and then it goes into this weird like halftime san holo type shit yeah <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> yeah. out outro so yeah yeah um it's it's fun trying to put all that shit together i mean it plays out really well yeah it does well that's that's the thing is like i always want to try and make something that you you can play through because i mean like a lot lot of the stuff that gets released um usually play like say the first drop of it and then you like change the second into something else or whatever whereas i'm like why don't i try and make it as interesting as i can like for live like the whole way through um yeah i appreciate that a lot yeah it's almost like a a a mini mini mix as a song and it's exactly exactly what it is (laughs) i appreciate that i really do hell yeah dude so i've noticed recently that a lot of people are turning to like streaming with the quarantine and all that is that something that you've been kind of working on or do you have a stream that you work on um whether that be through twitch or youtube uh yeah absolutely so um I've just started doing uh, Twitch streaming. I started doing my first one the other night. Um, and it's been, it was a really, really cool experience. I'm definitely going to do a lot more of it. Um, now that like <clears throat> this is kind of all happening and everyone's stuck at home and it's been, a, it's been really, really, really cool to see everyone from the, from the get go um, get on board with creating um, different types of content um, and like, really trying to make the most of the situation um mm-hmm. and yeah this is obviously one of the ways that we're all kind of doing it is through like twitch streaming and stuff because we can connect um with fans really easily they can see what we're doing um they want to sort of get involved with the processes and um we can really connect with them like i want to do like you know demo submissions or whatever and they can watch me like produce for like a couple of hours and mm-hmm. you know it's heck yeah we can do like live sets um 
DJing and, uh, you know, there's just so many things that we can all kind of do and get involved in to help this whole thing be a little bit easier on everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's been really inspiring to see everyone kind of get involved in that. Yeah. So as, Mm -hmm. as bad of a situation as it is, it's really cool to see that positive come out of it. Um, with like artist live streams, like you're saying, but also these like, um, live festivals or streaming festivals, um, that are being streamed live essentially, um, with multiple artists. Uh, I know Brownies Lemonade is working on one too. Um, yeah. Yes. Do you have any, any words on the Brownies Lemonade one? Do you have any? I do not yet. No, (laughs) unfortunately no. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) The Brownies and Lemonade blank mix though is, like chef's kiss mm-hmm. hey thanks dude yes. i appreciate that <laughs> continue evan i'm sorry no i was just gonna say <laughs> am i coming in now uh, or no? you're good oh. holy shit all right i don't know why it's so Welcome bad back. i just made everybody in my house turn off the wi-fi so we should be all right <laughs> is that um, what it was i don't know it's better though yeah it's better all right sorry about that i don't know it's normally not this bad oh good um, but I did want to say, cause you couldn't hear me the entire time. The prey remix is fucking awesome though. <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> Hell yeah. It's, yeah. it's worth, <laughs> I just said, I want to, yeah, I want to backtrack a little bit and just say it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Just, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> yeah like yeah, it, no, it really is. Now that we're talking about it again, Illinium at LVW, I had a bet with one of my friends that we were at the set and I was like, I hope he plays the blank remix. He really likes Sam Lamar. He really won the Sam Lamar remix. Like we both like both remixes a lot. Yeah. And he came out and played regular prey with the new visuals and all this stuff. And then he yeah. made it into your drop. And yeah. I like about took my shirt off. It was insane. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. yeah I, I've heard him drop it into mine. It's really sick. Yeah. We've been uh, like all of your, the melodic stuff that you've been putting out lately, like flat flatline is like one of oh, my favorites gosh. of last year. But yeah, even like all, the paramore flip, uh fragile violence like all of that is is awesome loving that like side of it with your the mid-tempo like bass stuff is just such a sick combination oh, thanks man that paramore flip though yeah the paramore yeah. flip though yeah <laughs> honestly all three of it's like yeah. it's been yeah it's been a lot of fun making that stuff um the paramore one was like it came around so quickly i, I was sort of had the idea and i tweeted it and then the tweet went really well and i was like okay shit i better do it now <laughs> and then the one song that i wanted to do for it which is crush that was like the easiest acapella to find online. And I was like, why? <laughs> so <laughs> such a random song. Um, so it, yeah, it worked out really, really well. Um, and then it did, we didn't end up releasing it for a while after that because <laughs> there was just so much stuff going on. And I was like, fuck, I just want to get it out. So I'm glad that it's uh, yeah. right. That yeah. It's so when the there's world. like things like that, when you remix like a Paramore song, like does Paramore reach out to you? or no no so that was that was a flip so that was an unofficial one but um we did try to contact their team um but Haley's doing a bunch of solo stuff now Mm. um so Mm. there wasn't really an option for us to get it approved to be an official thing which is um which is a shame but it's also like it wasn't the aim for what i was you know when i I had the idea so um it was it was here not there but it just means we couldn't get it on spotify (laughs) so i was like yeah (laughs) right well yeah so you said I, I, we were reading some articles and doing some research about the Curiosity P, which obviously was right when you rebranded to blank, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, so obviously I, just listening to the EP, it's very apparent. But your 
you Tony mentioned that your uh, inspirations being Porter and Knife Party. Yeah. Who are some people that are producing? Obviously, Porter's producing again now under Porter. But who are some like newer um, artists that you're listening to that that inspire you, or or currently who inspires you? Uh, currently, I mean, Seven Lions is a really really big inspiration for me. Like right now, um, his he has a way of like his melodies are unreal, and I know he has like this way with with them and he also has this kind of way with like a vibe enough like his stuff isn't produced like as crisp and cleanly as say someone like virtual riot you know what i mean but like the vibe is absolutely um like there with it instead so it's kind of it's just funny how um yeah they're two different very different styles of production and mixing but like you get so emotionally attached to the one that's like lesser about the yeah the the skill and um towards the technical side um so he's a big one for me at the moment to try because i i've always kind of focused on um the technical shit and Mm -hmm. he's a big inspiration for me to remember vibe (laughs) when i'm making music because like it's it's easy for electronic producers to kind of get lost in the technical side of things because we do work on computers um Mm -hmm. getting vibe is a lot harder um because you don't have an instrument physically in your hands as such. Um, so him for sure. Um, I mean, let me have a look. Let me have a look at my Spotify and see what I'm actually about <laughs> right now. Cause like in terms of like making stuff, I'm really happy with like how I'm going in my own sort of lane right now. Like I yeah, use, yeah, I use some inspirations here and there. But um, it just depends on what I want. Like Space Laces is always a inspiration for me because his stuff is always just so unbelievably next level. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess, yeah, he he would be another big one for sure. Company and Wooly, I think, are really good uh, for me in terms of the whole dubstepy side of things. Like I love what they're doing. Um, So, yeah, I think those are my main inspirations at this at this moment it's kind of like what you were saying that has that there's like the and i guess it kind of goes with bass music versus the melodic stuff with like technical versus the feel of it it's obviously much more important for like a future bassy melodic track to connect to people whereas like that but i i that's what i like how you do both because then you can get into like the crazy sound design stuff and experimenting with the the bass um mid-tempo and bass music side side of things totally yeah Having to navigate between two of those has been an interesting time, um, but it's it's definitely a lot of fun. It's required a lot of um, a lot of time and a lot of, uh, I guess, effort and like <laughs> concentration yeah, yeah. to be able to like to do both like decently because it did take me a while to get my head around both of them and then trying to put mm-hmm. them both together is always <laughs> hard. So um, yeah, I think I'm at a point now where I'm like really able to get out what's in my head as the way that i want it to <laughs> right. that's so cool i think that that's the part that took a while yeah and it plays so well in a set because you just don't know what's coming if it's going to be like a you know you're going to switch into a bass drop from like a few uh you know melodic yeah. song something <laughs> like that it just plays so well um oh yeah and we were talking about uh Lenium before and um kind of how you guys have worked together in the past and obviously you were playing shows on the um awake tour and the ascent tour yeah um which was probably amazing but 
we, we were kind of just like kind of looking through it and we were realizing like how much um well, i guess not so much this obviously isn't Elenium, but with Griffin, the Time Me Down remix, you had that got like something crazy, like 200,000 streams in seven days. Yeah. Which is <laughs> got to be an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah. Definitely was very cool. I think it's on like 7 million right now or something. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. That's That's got to be so cool. It's, yeah, it's crazy. That, I mean, that's kind of, that was basically what I was getting to is how, how do you think either working or once you first started getting into contact with Elenium, um you know remixing prey and remixing time me down um and all the success that you had with those those things how do you think that kind of influenced your career or not your trajectory but how you know how your career yeah. played out essentially um it's it's funny how like streaming is different compared to like live shows and actual fan engagement and all that kind of thing um, they are very different worlds, um, <clears throat> but it's been incredible to be able to have, to be able to do both of those. So I was able to, you know, go on the road with Elenium for certain shows and like just be in front of those crowds, like the, some of the most engaged crowds in EDM at the moment. Um, and it was the most unreal experience um, to just, you know, to play for them, <laughs> to just play for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was, it, it's been, it's been fucking incredible to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, and then having the opportunities, like having Nick behind what I'm doing, um, I, yeah, is obviously super, super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, in, in every way it's just been, yeah, extremely helpful. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I just, yeah, it's incredible. Cause you see like the songs like that that are getting just millions of streams it's got to be such an like awesome feeling to see your you know the art yeah. like, being appreciated like that yeah it's, it's definitely it's definitely insane like i yeah i don't know how like my monthly listeners sit around like <laughs> nine hundred thousand to a million most of the time uh, and i'm like how is this how's this like i don't know it's definitely <laughs> yeah. kind of mind-blowing for me for sure well especially since the blank project is relatively new in like the grand scheme of things so having that success so soon, I think, I mean, that must be a really rewarding feeling to have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. It feels, I mean, it feels like we've been doing this for since forever. So it's funny (laughs) that, yeah, people definitely, I can see how people would think it hasn't been around for a while, obviously, but it's like, yeah, we've been working at it. So I'm like, I'm really happy with the way everything's going. Yeah. I guess 2016 is, is still four years ago. So yeah, it's nuts, right? Yeah. (laughs) It flies. Um, 2020 has already been like three years. No. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel Wait, like that. You were producing before 2016 too and playing shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I was playing shows since I've been DJing for like 10 years. Yeah. Just nuts. I, I mean, that's exactly that was what we were like think looking at too when we started all this and we were like, you know, looking more specifically at your career and we were like, oh my God, it's really, he's only been blank for you know three or four years and you know he is where he is and i don't think anybody when you start producing or releasing music expects to be you know millions and millions of streams and almost a million monthly listeners so that'd be incredible yeah no i I guess not yeah definitely i mean like the start of the whole streaming thing was this canal remix um for changa and um that's that kind of just took off. Um, it's there's a lot to do with like playlisting and all that kind of thing. So just the mm-hmm. exposure you get, the general global exposure you get from things like that is 
um, really, really helpful um, and great for, you know, first impressions, I guess. And because now there's that many people that have seen my name, whether or not they go, oh, let's go follow blank or not. The fact that, that I've been in front of them is mm-hmm. just one step toward making them realize who I am, I guess. So, yeah. um, yes, it's, it's, it's definitely an incredible feeling. I mean, yeah, streaming is one of those things where it just came out of nowhere. I mean, of course you had like Napster and all that first, but um, sure. it's the the future or the current landscape of music. Landscape of music? Yeah. Uh, streaming is definitely king. Um, it's yeah, absolutely. interesting to see. But a part of that, I've noticed that vinyl has seen like a resurgence to have that physical yeah. music still there. It's interesting. It's kind of old and new at the same time. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. It's like I still I still would much rather get books as opposed to getting a Kindle. (laughs) Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's just something about like holding something physical Mm -hmm. and seeing it like move around underneath that little needle and making a sound and you're like, what the hell? This is Yeah. Yeah, I still don't understand it. It's nuts, man. So there's like, it's a needle and either side of that needle at the very point of it, there's two other little, like two other little tiny needles that poke out either side of it. And as it turns, there's little grooves inside the vinyl and those grooves get turned into like electrical currents and then come out through the speakers. It's like, wow. what the fuck? How is that real? Who, yeah. What does that even how mean? Was that the f- how was that the first like so complicated. way to play music people figured out? Like, right? That seems like something we should adjust. And then they're like, let's go to cassettes. <laughs> I mean, cassettes in their own right are probably crazy too, but like that was the first thing someone's like, oh, this is how we can do it. It's yeah, like, wait, what? That's what I mean. So I think it must be a more simple uh, idea than what True. you know it than what we think it is in terms of that because i think when you like uh, yeah i don't know you have like an electrical <laughs> current thing and you have something with grooves in it and the grooves make a noise and so you're just like how do we make this into like a recording so yeah, i guess like yeah. there are little steps along the way that would have been taken um to get to that point but it's, it's still fucking mind-blowing yeah yeah someone's like well who is carving these grooves into the disc like whose job is that yeah right it's like who had this idea who's in charge i need to speak to the manager <laughs> all right so one other another thing we wanted to ask you about was uh you were at forest last year right yeah and you played some songs with lick yes so we were uh, this is obviously kind of a separate thing from forest but it kind of ties in um were you guys were you guys friends before music did you know each other from once you you know started playing shows or making music did you get in contact how'd you guys um become friends uh the internet is a wonderful place um we (laughs) we definitely met through the internet through music um we didn't know each other beforehand i can't remember how we met i think it was through twitter um and we just got along really well. We both kind of just one of those things where, you, you know, when you just meet someone and you kind of just vibe with them and vibe mm-hmm. with their energy and just like, yeah, you're like a, a decent, cool, like level headed guy. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we both had similar music at the time and um, we just kind of kicked it off from there and got talking and whatever. And I don't know, we had a lot of like interaction online and I guess people saw that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, one of my good friends now which is super cool so thank you music and thank you internet <laughs> yeah does he also live in la he's in arizona he lives in arizona but he's a, he's a oh, nomad man. so he literally goes like all over the place really but 
when he's he's most like more or less most of the time he's in Arizona. Arizona. He was on my flight to Arizona after Forest. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't say anything, <laughs> but it seemed like a night. Nice, he had his headphones in. I'm not gonna go up and be like, "Hey, bro, what's up?" Yeah, <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> he's gonna be like, "Hello." We appreciate that. But speaking of back to backs, I did. I wanted to ask uh, kind of a different question. Um, like, what would you say is your favorite back to back that you've done? Like, or like, what's or like, do you not like back to backs? Or I haven't done that many back to backs to be honest. I think I've really only done um, ones with one seven eight eight L and mm. ones with Lick. I think those are really the only two that I've properly done. Um, well, then you don't have to always... answer the question. <laughs> Sorry. Well, then you don't have to answer the question. We don't gotta out anyone. Oh no, no, no! It's it's like yeah, this is between the two of them, and I got to have to pick. No, they both <laughs> they both have their own like ways about them i guess and so i didn't like enjoy like i did red rocks with 1788 and i'm like that was fucking incredible yeah i was there that league of legends closer was sick it was so cold that was so incredible man like we we didn't even know that we had remixed the like it together not together but like you know we didn't know either of us had remixed it until the day of or the day before (laughs) oh that's so cool And i rock up at his house and i'm like oh i've got this and he's like dude, I've got this. And I was like, what the, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Why do we make a thing out of this? And so that was, that was so, so, so cool to be out of like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Because when you guys played it out, like it sounded like two different remixes. And I remember thinking like, Oh, this is sick. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they yeah, obviously they were two different remixes, but it was like, yeah, it was funny. It's like, Hey, we both did this. It was hard to explain what, what it was, but it was like, yeah, we both did these two things. Like check it out. So, yeah, that was really, really, really cool to be able to do that. But um, yeah, so me and Lick have more of like a freeform type approach to it, I guess. Hmm. And where, yeah, it was like we played an audio artistic and that was like a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We were going to play Buku, obviously. Yeah. But um, that's. I was supposed to be there. I'm so sad. Yeah, it'll happen like later on in the year, which is cool. So, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun. So it's just funny to see two people mash their heads together to try and make something out of a 60 minute set. It's like, hmm. yeah, I hope people enjoy them cause they're, they're really cool. Especially when you get to do it with like your two good friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Was, um, was last year your first go- year going for forest first forest? Yes. Yeah, it was. I was like, Lick, um, was playing and he was going with a friend who I was also friends with. And we had like this, they had the camping set up and stuff. And I decided to send it like, I think a week beforehand, <laughs> I was like, why don't I just do it? I didn't know what I was getting myself into really. Cause I was like, I haven't done a camping thing before. And I really wanted to, um, because like the ones here, are, like, I don't think we have, we had camping festivals in Australia. I don't think, oh, interesting. I mean, we did. And there were a bit more, um, for lack of a better word, Wookiee, um, which yeah. is <laughs> what I wasn't super into back then. Um, so, uh, the, yeah, the opportunity came up and I was like, yeah, screw it. And then it was like literally like the best week of my life. Like it was so cool. Yeah. Like exploring the forest to get a chance to like explore it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We were there for like four to four days, four or five days or something, four and a yeah. half. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I got to explore the forest and all the little nooks and crannies and all the random little, like, I don't know what you'd even call them. There was this one guy, we went into this random room and there was, like, this dude serving tea into, like, little tiny cups and he had, like, a tree trunk, like, around his head, like, roots and stuff. And then 
he was hilarious. He was like the best person for this job. He would just <laughs> literally people would just sit down and he would talk shit to them. And then <laughs> and he was doing that for hours and hours and hours. And I was like, this is hilarious. This guy's literally just like talking to the random people that come and sit down. And then we'll leave like five minutes after and then I'll have new people to talk to. Like it's just it was wow. so, I don't know why, but it was like the most hilariously fascinating thing. Um <laughs> And it was, yeah, I don't know, man. It was, <laughs> for having, like, said this guy play this. Oh, yeah. Um, yellow inside the forest. Oh, he was playing Shelter. Nick did that as well. Like, it was so sick, man. Yeah, I was, this year was, well, knock on wood, it, it's, has, there's no information yet, but this year is going to be my first, uh, first forest. So I'm, I'm looking oh, forward dude, to doing all that. Very excited. So it's, to me, it was like what I, want wanted like really 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 wanted out of it want out of a festival like it's not just the music yeah um stages and stuff it's literally the whole experience like there's so many like cool little things in between the music that just make it this whole big experience that's like super incredible so i was really really happy with with how it all kind of turned out so yeah hopefully you'll have a fucking amazing time yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Thank you. It's it's that's like what it's like the draw of it is for me. It just seems like this own like its own like world that you just are like separate from everything else going on for like four or five days over the weekend. Sounds like sounds like magic, honestly. Literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And oh, the community, dude. That's like that was one of the biggest things too. So like everyone like instead of saying hey, everyone would be like Happy Forest. It's literally like Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's so so cool. Everyone's super lovely. My favorite part of Forest last year was just walking around during the day and like not even listening to the music, just literally just exploring during the day when it was a little bit quiet and everyone was just like in their hammocks swinging. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It, it really is one of a kind. I fucking it's love it. It's surreal. It's so surreal. Now, every time I talk to somebody about it, the way they describe it, it literally just sounds like heaven. Like all this, you're just like, yeah, everyone's just <laughs> I'm so happy and <laughs> walking around and exploring this like literally magical forest. T-Pain's there. <laughs> yeah. T- yeah. Hopefully T-Pain's there. That's so incredible. How random, hey? <laughs> all right. It's a place that should not exist, but it does. And it's good yeah, enough. It's unreal. Big fan. So then, yeah, if we're just going chronologically, I think... We would next we get to the BTSM tour and we, we already kind of touched touched on it but um, I saw you, you tweeted something about it but so you and, and BTSM um, and the guys in, in BTSM have had somewhat of a history you guys have known each other for a while um, I mean I wouldn't say like a while like we have collaborated twice now we did Hacker and then we did Time Travel recently yep um, they have been playing my stuff out for a bit. Um, since I think like the overthrow flip, so that would have been a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark is like very much a crate digger. So I think he was the one who kind of ended up finding me. Um, and then, yeah, from there we just kind of, uh, got talking and kept sending him music and then we ended up making something together. So yeah. And then from there we kept in touch obviously and made another thing and did the whole tour and they kept their eye on me, I suppose. And yeah, so they gave me this freaking awesome opportunity to be able to play with yeah. them on the bus and yeah so it was definitely definitely a while i guess a couple of years yeah and uh and vampa too we're big we're big vampa fans that looks like between <laughs> you her and, and everyone at btsm that must have been like i mean obviously hopefully once it gets rescheduled it'll continue but that must have been such an awesome like experience and in time just traveling with them and playing playing music it was man it really was like like I said, they just we it never felt like there was too many people. Everyone kind of had their own space. Um, me and Emily 
became really good friends. Uh, Vampire became really good friends over that time. Like she's an incredible person. Um, and we both like everyone there had a really, really strong work ethic. Um, so we'd all be working throughout the day, um, play, like together and then we'd all play a show together and then we'd all eat together. We'd all do this shit together. We all just got along That's super awesome. well. So, um, it was, it was a really inspiring time. Like we were able to kind of help each other out in certain ways and, you know, talk about life and really get to know these people and connect with them like strongly, especially like guys on the, um, on the production, the crew, um, side of things. Like it was really, really cool to be able to see that side, which I hadn't really been involved in before. Um, being able to talk to like one of the main guys at like PK and, um, seeing all these other guys who do uh, the lighting um, and the LED walls and just like how much they love their jobs. And like, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it was just super, super cool, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was an incredible time. One thing I wanted to ask specifically about the tour, I don't know if you have the answer, but all of the tour videos that I saw you tweeting were like right in front of the stage or like were taken right in front of the stage. Yeah. But the, the sound quality on the videos was like perfect. I was like blown away. I was so confused about how like, cause it was so close to the stage. You would think normally like the, you know, the oh. sub or whatever on the videos yeah. would be blown out, but it yeah. wasn't like, it, like the, the video sound quality was so clear despite how close it, they were. It's pretty insane. Um, they're literally just a decent mic yeah like hooked up to a camera um and it's you're like good to go surprisingly it it works like if you don't have a microphone it'll blow out super quickly um the the internal microphones on the cameras are not built to be able to handle that kind of volume um but the yeah the external microphones supposedly are like because i'm the same i'm like how the freaking hell does this (laughs) sound so okay um yeah so, yeah i mean yeah it's, it's just a microphone yeah especially with bts sim because they're they are very loud they bring a lot of speakers oh <laughs> so loud i've never had subs that loud before like <laughs> it's that's intense. gotta be amazing too like playing your your music out on those those systems has got to be so cool it was really cool yeah definitely having having a guy from pk and having those subs and speakers like follow us around was like <laughs> We were spoiled. It was really, really sick. I, you said twelve people on a bus. I I know the buses are big, and it didn't feel like that. But that's that does sound like a lot of people. <laughs> like, it sounds like a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I, it was mainly uh, eleven and twelve. Kind of, we had the photographer on there, and he was on and off a little bit. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I mean there was the I guess when you when we were on the bus, um, we were sleeping most of the time, and then mm-hmm. um, the crew would get up like sort of first and go set up the show um and this would be at around mid midday ish um uh, i think or just before so we'd all kind of wake up around then because we wouldn't get to bed until like three um and they would go to that so then we would all go to like a cafe and like work um and just kind of like make music and produce and or try figure out some you know some place to to do that and yeah. go eat and all that kind of thing and then um, we come back to the green rooms and then get ready for the show. And so no one's really on the bus all at the same time, I guess. Mm. And so when we are, we're all just asleep. So <laughs> even after the shows, like it's not that bad. Like we all come back to the bus, but at kind of separate times. And I don't know. Yeah. So somehow it worked out really well, but it was, it was really, really, really cool. I mean, we didn't, we didn't get to, yeah, like I said, we didn't get to bed until like three or 4am, but <laughs> I'm still catching up on like, 
I mean, we all got sleep, but I'm still getting my sleep pattern back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I would imagine the, the schedule of like touring and just the logistics of all that in general, has got to be like so different from everything else going on. Yeah. Or just like a normal, especially coming back to California lockdown. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I was like, we were over on the East coast just before we left. We're almost at the East coast. Um, we're in Des Moines and then that's like two to three hours ahead of LA. So then coming back from that, having like, you know, 4am sleep time and then coming back three hours with daylight savings. And I'm like, I don't even know what fucking time. it is. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. The timing of that with daylight savings too. <laughs> I think about that. Yeah. Hard. Obviously you have a, a new song that just came out recently. Uh, yes, I did. It's, it's fragile Project violence. Fragile violence. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So that's with Neve Nev. Pardon if I can. I, I say Neve. Neve. <laughs> Neve. Okay, that's what I say as well. So that's good. How did How did that come about? Have you she's, she's worked awesome. with Neve before? It's great. Um. So I haven't. Okay. So Flatline with Calvania. Um. That like Calvania is part of the same collective as neve mm-hmm. oh. and neve i think is kind of the blanket term for that collective oh interesting oh right okay so neve so, is the collective yes neve is also as neve is also a singer neve yeah. is also like one person but i think it is the blanket name for the oh okay yeah we it's it's an interesting thing and i was we, we were like oh no no way because we had i was like i really want to work with neve and then no shit about four days after i was like yeah i want this to happen their team hit us up. Wow. So I was like, hell yeah, this is perfect. Um, and so we got the first draft from another singer of a song uh, that we wanted and it turned out to be Calavania. And I was like, wait, this isn't Neve, is it? And they're like, no, no, it's this person. And it was like, <laughs> fuck, it's amazing though. Like, so is there, yeah. And then we had this other song, which is Fragile Violence. We were like, oh, sweet. And then Neve sung on that one. And it was just like, it was really, really cool to be able to have this one sort of collective group where um, we could collaborate and they would sort of, it, we could decide who and choose who was going to work best on the song. So they would all like write the song, but one of the singers would end up singing it depending on who would fit the best. You know what I mean? That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So did they also write the song? Yeah. 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 So how, how, um, how does that process work then? Do you go to them with an idea of like how you want a song to sound or do they come with, to, come to you? So the whole songwriting process, like freaking music generally can go any which way up, down, left, right, fucking diagonal. Like I could, they could come to me with a top with like just an, just a vocal, just something that they've written um, with like a cup with a chord progression in mind. And then I could write, over that um almost in a sense like what you do with the remix what i do with the remix is when i you know when they approach me and say hey here's a remix i'm like cool here are the stems and the stems include all the different breakdowns of what the song is like so your vocals your synths and drums and whatever and i just use the vocals and then i write a song around the vocals so essentially that's one way to do it and then there's another way to do it which is you write a musical bed that leaves enough room for a vocal to be sung and written over the top of um, the way that we do. And then from there you can collaborate about how you want to, like you can have an idea of what you want the vocal to sound like. 
um, or like what the song should be about. And you can give that to them or you can just be like, hey, here's this. I want you to do what you think works over this. Um, and so essentially I had the two beds. Um, I had written, I think, flatline around something else. And then I was like, no, I'm not, I don't want it to be that. And so we found, yeah, Calavania and she wrote uh, what she wrote and which is now flatline. So um, there are, you know, a few different ways to go about it, but I guess that's sort of the short, short and long of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's really interesting. Cause you don't, yeah, you don't normally hear about like, and I've, that's something I've always wondered is like, does he just send like six songs and they're like, Oh, this, you know, I could do something awesome with this one or, well, or I want to, you know, work with this one. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. You can also do that. So that's what mm-hmm. a lot of people do. That's what I've done a couple of times. Um, you have like two or three and you go, Hey, like, I think your voice would be really cool over one of these songs. Like, what do you think? And then someone will be like, yeah, I like this one. Let's do that. And like, cool. And then they'll write something, sing like a demo over the top of it. And then um, you'll be like, uh, this is sick. I like the idea of this. Or I freaking hate the idea of this. Let's try something else. Um, or like change this word or this word. Like I don't really think this works. And, you know, it's just like another collaborative collaborative effort. So it's, um, yeah, it's always a fun experience like doing that with other people for sure. Yeah. And this now that we're kind of talking about your or generally the process of it. Yeah. Um, we read that you used to uh, sit in the dark and kind of get in your own little world when you're producing. Is that you're yeah. still still your process or do you have, and you also said that you only would work on like one song at a time. What's your, yeah. is your process the same now or is it kind of changed over time? Um, I would say the process um, in its essence is still very similar. Um, I do like working in dark room. Um, it, it, it get, gets rid of distractions generally for me. So working at 2 a.m. when like everyone's asleep and it's nighttime and I've got like a salt lamp on and that's kind of it in my, you know, it is kind of really, uh, I don't know, meditative or, or, or yeah. uh, almost because, you know, you don't have anything else to worry about. And essentially meditation is, is that. It's like you're kind of more or less focused on one thing or nothing. And when you're kind of in that flow, it's much easier when you don't have all these things in your peripheral to, to distract you. So I, I always find it good to do that. But recently um, I found it, I found it's really good for my creativity to get the hell out of my room um, and out of my studio. Like for example, this tour, I've written some of the best stuff that I've ever written and it was in a cafe. Um, when there's like music going on around me and there's other people got a freaking flat white in front of me and um you know so it's and then i wrote a lot of stuff in like a hotel lobby so i like it was just i I was literally sitting in the hotel lobby that we had like one room for um and sit there until like two or three a.m while the security guard was like patrolling back and forth going what the fuck is this guy doing (laughs) um and i yeah i wrote a bunch of music doing that so it's like the process has I have opened up to a few different processes, um, which is good because mm-hmm. it, it's always a kind of step in another or the right direction. But everything's always kind of like you know you always need to adapt. You need to change. So I think um, it's been it's been good to kind of test these new ways to create. So do you go out into like the hotel lobby on purpose and say, okay, I'm going to write a track, or does the inspiration kind of just come up at you? Forever, and then you break out the laptop as it as it kind of comes out. Um, I 
it's it's funny how like creativity works in the sense that you almost have to treat it <clears throat> like a job. Um, you have to treat it. You have to show up like mm-hmm. all the time. You can't just go. Oh, I'm not feeling creative today, so I'm just not going to do anything. Because that's, you can, I mean, you can do that, but it's not a productive or like, it's, it's not going to get you very far very quickly. The best thing like that you that I've learned from a lot of different creatives, a lot, lot of older, wiser creatives, is that you need to show up to the work all the time, uh, as often as you can, um, because you, one, you never know when it's going to happen, but two, like, it's you can't treat it as like, Oh, it'll happen when it happens type thing. Like you have to almost be in charge of how your creativity works. Um, and you, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where you just need to go there and let it happen and flow out of you and learn how to make that happen, happen more often. Cause if you just wait it, yeah, it's just a very slow kind of Mm -hmm. process and you're going to be missing out on opportunities, uh, that you may have, you know have otherwise Mm -hmm. so for example yeah the lobby i would just say hey like i'm working today so this is what i'm going to go do this is where my free time is i've had my lunch or dinner or whatever um instead of going to watch movies until i've found my creativity you go there you sit down and you keep working on what you've been working on or you start something new or like there are lots of projects that you have going at the one time um so there's always something to be done and you need to be in control and charge and of like what's happening. Um, if it's really not working, then that's fine. You can't force it. Um, but there are often ways for you to spark creativity. So there are often things you can be doing, um, mm-hmm. that use, you know, the left or the right side of your brain, depending on what you're mm-hmm. feeling like at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you, you just got to show up. Here's so this one's kind of a, a bigger picture question, I guess, but, What's the uh, most like surreal, surreal place or moment that you've like stepped back and been like, wow, like music has taken me here, you know, brought me to this, this moment. Like what's something that you like in the moment you were like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. Um, there was a time in 2016 and 2017. Can't remember exactly what it was, but um, I released um, my stranger remix with, for Peking Duck. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first kind of things, like big things that happened for the project, I think. And um, they had a, they were playing a festival called Spilt Milk in Australia, which mm-hmm. was coming up to be one of the bigger festivals, um, one of the leading festivals in the country. And um, they were playing on one of the main stages and <clears throat> they brought me out for the, the remix, to play the remix type thing. And, I had been friends with them for a while and it was like, like a few years cause they were from the same city as I was. And, um, it just, it was like, I can't remember what time it was, but it was, it was night. It was like almost the kind of headliney type time. Um, there was like a full crowd of like, I think 10 to 15,000 people. And I had never been in front of that many people before. <laughs> and so looking out to, see that and be with these two guys um that i had been partying with for the past however many years um and to play music in front of that was kind of like a holy shit moment so (laughs) and jumping off the deep end yeah yeah it was 
it was really, really crazy. So I think that that's always been always stuck in my mind as being like a super surreal moment. I, even now, like, I mean, I played in front of pretty big crowds now, but I don't think I've ever really been in front of something like, like that mm-hmm. um, since in the way that that was, especially like, cause I, you know, it was a, a first time. It was something yeah. very, very new experience. So it was kind of, yeah, pretty, pretty unreal. Crazy. Yeah. Do you visit Canberra, Australia, where you're from often? Uh, since moving, no, since moving, no, um, I've been there. I've been going back to Australia. I've been like, I went three, three times last year. And then once at the start of this year, might go back again sometime this year. Uh, just really depends on how all this goes now. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I try to go back as often as I can for sure, but it's only really been a year since I've moved to LA. Um, but I lived in Sydney before that and I was going back and forth from Canberra like almost like every weekend or two. So, um, yeah, I try to mm-hmm. see my family as much as I can. Yeah. Cause your, your family and uh, friends from like growing up are all still over there. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like I have a better social network here than I do back home now. Like I have a couple mm-hmm. of key friends for sure, but, um, yeah, being a producer is a strangely lonely life sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> solitary, solitary <laughs> life. Sorry. Not lonely. <laughs> Um, speaking of outside of, outside of the U S you, we were, I remember seeing it like live when you were tweeting about it, but you know, we were kind of digging through some stuff and found it again. The, your, um, trip and playing in Japan seems like, and it was an incredible time. Yeah. Japan was really, really sick. It's, it was one of those places that I wanted to go to since I was little. Cause I was like super obsessed with like Japanese cars and the video games and all that kind of thing. And so it was just like to have that opportunity to go to Tokyo to like play music for like five days was fucking crazy. So yeah, yeah, yeah it was really, really sick. Um, lots, it was just, it's a totally different world. Of, uh, like it's not, but it's like, it's a totally different world over there. Having like, yeah. you know, not that many people speak English and cause I hadn't been to a place to a non English speaking country before since till then. So that was a totally new experience. And, um, the clothing fashion was amazing. Like, you know, the music was obviously incredible. It's just like, it was a totally different world. And that was, that was really, really sick. That was also one of those moments where I was like, wow, music, music is taking me mm. here. This is, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step back and realize like, wow, I'm literally in Japan because of music. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the get story, ch- I'll go ahead. Evan. I was going to say, did you get a chance to visit any of like the Japanese like video game stores or any of like the, the stores there? Uh, no, I was more do like, um, I, I was trying to find like cool local spots to eat and like retail sort of spots, um, mm-hmm. to check out like shrines and they did like a cooking court, like a, not course, but a class in like some lady's house. Um, I did that kind of thing. I didn't really get to check out the, um, the video games as such. Cause I don't really play them anymore. Like I used to when I was, um, I was really obsessed with like Zelda and like Need for Speed Underground, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Classics. Um, yes, and apparently Zelda is not like the biggest thing in Japan. Like it's obviously a pretty big thing, but it's like there are lots yeah. of other things. And I was like, oh yeah, cool, sweet as. So I didn't really focus on trying to get get to those things. Yeah. Was um, the cooking class you said or uh, that um, experience was that the from the was that how the story of the the apron started? Yes, that's the apron story. That's what it was. Yeah, that I, that I remember specifically reading when you tweeted it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's such like a heartwarming story, like so wholesome." What is the apron story? I feel yeah, like it was, 
<laughs> we gotta we gotta dive into that one. The um the even story, yeah. So I did this cooking class basically, um, and this this woman uh, was running it, and it was at their house, and basically this guy comes out and she's like, Oh, this is my husband. And I was like, Oh, cool. And we meet him. And he was like, those, these are two most like lovely people that I think I've ever met in my life. So <laughs> hospitable, so welcoming, so warm. Um, and he got to talking about like, you know, what we all did. And I was like, yeah, like I'm a DJ. I'm here to play, um, down at circus and stuff. And he's like, Oh, no way. Um, I used to be like, a, a like a lighting and sound stage designer type guy. Um, so he was like sort of into music and um, he was like telling me about all these like cool techno, Japanese techno DJs and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, sick. This is really cool. And he's like, um, yeah, I'll have to come to your show. And I was like, yeah, totally. Like for sure, this is where it is and stuff. Um, it's on Saturday. And then uh, he was like, uh, yeah, sweet. Like I'll see you there. And I was like, cool. I didn't really think too much of it after that because I was like, mm-hmm. surely he's not going to like actually come. Like right. that'd be cool if he did. But I was like, oh. and then um, he was also talking about how he like, Right now, I think he's a, um, I can't remember what the word for it is, but he like designs clothes, basically. What's um, mm-hmm. uh, clothing designer, for lack of a better word. My <laughs> brain's failing me right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, cool, no worries. And then we did the cook and it was like unreal. We learned how to cook like ramen and gyoza and stuff from scratch. Uh, made our own noodles and like all that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, this is sick. And so I left the, um, like the three people that were there were like super cool as well. Um, all internationals and we all like hung out and stuff afterwards. Oh, wow. Uh, which was really cool. And then, um, yeah, so that was fun. Then we went all, went about our different ways and um, Saturday night came around and I was like in the crowd watching one of the supports set and um, this, I get this tap on my shoulder and I was like, I turn around and I was like, it's him. And I was like, <laughs> dude, you actually came. No way. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, super excited. And he was like, fully like by himself and i was like oh my god this is un- wow. he must like he must go out to clubs and shit and um <laughs> then he goes yeah yeah i actually i got this for you as well paper bag and inside of it is this like handmade apron that he stitched together himself like during the week to give to me that i could take home and i was just like he stitched it just for you literally yeah just hand like <laughs> i was like what the hell <laughs> So I was I was blown blown away by like the hospitality and stuff in Japan because it's yeah it was just wow. so many amazing people that were just so willing to help and people like that that would just go out of their way to make you feel comfortable and yeah ex- feel feel welcome it's yeah. it's crazy it was a crazy place and so yeah I had this really really good quality apron <laughs> that's like hand stitched and made in Japan by this uh, by this guy whose name I can't pronounce. Yeah, the apron look is like sick too. It's like really it's super dope. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's such yeah. a great story. It's good. I, I, incredible. Yeah, when we, I was like, as soon as um, yeah, we got in contact for this, I was like, all right, I gotta ask him about that story because that was... <laughs> you find out about his apron. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. That's such an awesome story. Yeah, it was super, so so incredible. Like that. That was one. That was one of the better best experiences I had in in Japan was that class. So anyone who's looking to go to Japan, I mm. highly recommend doing something like that. Like cooking classes, like my mom and dad do them when they go like overseas and stuff. Mm. And they're like, yeah, I highly recommend doing them just because I don't know why, but it's just such a really awesome and authentic experience. It's not like you're doing anything super touristy, if that makes sense. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's like personal to, to whoever's putting it on. Yeah. Yeah, like a, an actual totally. feel for where you're at. Right. Totally. 
totally. It was really, really cool. Are there any other places that you haven't been yet that you're like, oh man, I really wish I would, I could go there or any plans to go to? Uh, I mean, I've always wanted to go to like Italy and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. check out Europe. That became less of a priority as I got older. Um, I think, uh, where do I want to go? I really want to go to Iceland, to be honest, <laughs> and like Alaska. Iceland is um, literally on my bucket list of places to go. So I completely it understand. Inc- it looks incredible, right? The cliffs, it's just, it's a whole, it's like a fairy tale almost. Yeah, totally, man. Like, how is that a real place? Yes. So that, that'd be really cool to go to. Um, uh, yeah, I think Switzerland, That those kind of places, I don't know like how cool they are for like tourists and stuff, but I find them super fascinating the way they like run, just the way yes. that they are true yeah um which is really cool so yeah i wouldn't mind going to those kind of places um and anywhere with really cool scenery (laughs) (laughs) i follow this this instagram account it's a switzerland uh account and it's just like this lady who lives with her dog in like a valley and she lives with like mountains like surrounding her and there's like a lake it's fairy tale it looks like a disney movie yeah (laughs) That's so nuts. I love that. I fucking love that. I really want to go to, um, uh, like Canada, like rural yeah. Canada though. Like, I love Canada itself. Like I would think one of the, it's one of the best places, but like Saskatchewan, I know I've like seen this one. <laughs> I watched this one guy on YouTube and he's like in the middle of the woods, just like made his own like cabin out of wood and has his dog <laughs> and his wife and just like hunts and like cooks his own shit and just, builds and i'm like i don't do any of those things besides cook but <laughs> i just find it so like he's it's basically just this whole self-sufficiency thing and i'm like mm-hmm. i want to fucking do that i want like a cabin out in the woods and i want to be self-sufficient growing my own like vegetables and food and stuff and mm-hmm. just produce music and like mix <sighs> down other people's records and do shit like yeah. that sounds like the dream honestly right have like a dog and shit it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the dream so much craziness going on now it's like you just in your own own little world doing your thing yeah yeah exactly all right we had a a couple other a couple more questions a little bit more about hobbies or your own personal things oh yeah the well i guess it's it's three things and how your affection for them started your love of plants potatoes and bananas (laughs) yeah i'm sure everybody asks about the bananas but Indeed. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the bananas first. So <laughs> there, I, I've never, let me just get this straight. I've never had an intense love of bananas or anything <laughs> before this. Um, I do enjoy bananas. I eat them every fucking day, but um, it's basically an EDC last year after my set, there was like a bunch of us, um, a bunch of like, I don't want to, I hate the word, but like fans and like nobody's, <laughs> And we were all like just hanging out watching Rez's set afterwards. And I had a banana with me um, and I pulled it open and I was like, for some weird reason, I decided to start like breaking it off and passing it around. And (laughs) the first guy that I did it to was like clearly out of his mind. And (laughs) his eyes were like beaming. He was like not wearing a shirt. His pants are like super crazy baggy and he was like, just grabbed it out of my hand like with his teeth. <laughs> I, was, I was like, sweet as. And I turn around and like someone's videoing this entire thing and I'm like, okay, mad. And so I keep passing this around 
and everyone just kind of takes off whatever and this video for whatever reason like goes like semi-viral i think it got like a hundred thousand views or something like that and um ever since then every, the banana thing has just like caught on like crazy and i <laughs> used like i used it a lot for um like in my cooking and stuff like that and like in my rider and my like green rooms i'd always like video myself like grabbing one and then i'd grab one from like literally everywhere and just film it and put it on like my Instagram stories. And, um, yeah, it became, became a bit of a thing. So that's the banana thing. <laughs> the potato thing <laughs> is, <laughs> I don't even, I don't think it's a thing yet. I literally just, I eat a lot of potatoes because I kind of <laughs> grains. Like I can't, I don't mm. eat bread and like pasta and like pizza and all that shit. I do sometimes, mm. but like I can't have it cause my, my gut like hates it. So, Potato is like my main form of like carbohydrate, I guess. And so I'm just obsessed with them right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I saw you say that about, um, everything with your gut on that, uh, the sidewalk talk interview you did. And I was like wondering, I was like, how do you, I mean, I guess it, you were experiencing symptoms, but like, yeah, it made me think, I was like, huh, maybe I should just cut everything out. Like, yeah. Cause it, it's kind of like what you were saying. Like, you don't know what's an issue. Like you think it's normal until you realize it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real. That's why I was like, when I found out, I was like super adamant about trying to um, make more awareness about it because, as you say, it's like I, I'm not saying everyone should cut out fucking grains because that's not the point. The point is <clears throat> like be aware of like mm-hmm. what you're putting in your body and how it affects you. Um, I didn't know that these things were affecting me until my sister was like, "Hey, you look like shit." And I was like, oh, true. Um, I wonder why. And she's like, oh, I go to this, you know, naturopath, uh, homeopath, I think is what you probably call them as well. Um, And she was like, yeah, like you're eating all these things that are affecting you, like probably stop. And so we found out what they were and I cut them out of my diet. And all of a sudden I was like, I I wasn't lethargic anymore. I wasn't exhausted all the time. Um, I wasn't moody. I, I stopped breaking out all the time. Like it was just super weird. I was like mid twenties and I was weirdly depressed all the time for like no good reason. Um, my skin was super oily. I was breaking out constantly. I looked pale. Um, and I was just tired all the time. So, and it was just purely to do with what I was eating Hmm. and the fact that my body either didn't agree with it. Um, or it was just not that great for me, even if it was like, I thought I was eating really clean. Like I was having like white rice and like grilled chicken and like Mm -hmm. vegetables and whatever. And the rice was absolutely killing me. So it was like processed things generally, um, aren't amazing for us, but some people were totally fine with them. So like Mm -hmm. I just listened to what was affecting my body and, um, acted accordingly, I guess. So, um, it's still like an ongoing thing for sure. Um, like I just found out, like I can't have tomatoes recently. I was like, why, you know, why do I feel like shit after eating this certain meal? And I was like, I cut everything else out of it. And I was like, ah, oh, it's the freaking tomatoes. And then I was like, I'm still feeling like shit. Like what's going on? And I realized I was having like so much tomato sauce or ketchup. Sorry. So you got, I was having so much ketchup with like every meal that I was having. And I was like, oh my God. So I took that out literally like yesterday. And I was like, oh, that's way better. <laughs> oh wow. the potatoes and ketchup so like now yeah i was like breaking out my gut was like going crazy and i just couldn't i was like what is going on is it the water in la is the pollution i was like what's happening uh, but yeah it was just like 
it's motto source. Like it was the little things. So yeah, it's, it's funny how all that kind of affects you in small, small yet significant ways. Yeah. It's like, and, and I think it was, I think you mentioned it in the interview, but it was like all of how all of our like guts have hormones and how it can like literally affect your mood is like, is wild. I don't, I don't think a lot of people, I no, didn't, I didn't fucking know about it. I yeah. had no idea. That's why I'm like, Ugh, everyone needs to know because if they're like <laughs> depressed or if they're like feeling like shit or like, you know, all of these symptoms that they're probably like, yeah. Oh, it's just cause I'm like, you know, they'll blame it on heaps of other things that probably aren't the cause of it. Potentially they are obviously, but it's like what you're putting into your body that is a common food for everybody um, like bread and pasta yeah. and like grains generally, they might be affecting your hormones um, and you wouldn't have any idea of it. So I'm like, fuck, people need to know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I had no idea until I heard you say yeah. that. Like, so there was lots of people that after that were asking about it and I was able to tell them and then they went and did whatever and um, sorted it out. And I was like, this is really sick that it's kind of like, yeah it's kind of helping people. And now I've been reading up and been totally obsessed with it. So now I know there's heaps of people out there that have the same issues. It's because of what we like, you know, what we, how we process our foods and what we put on our grains and like um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what we feed our livestock and, you know, all that kind of thing. Like it, it all affects us because all the stuff that we put like, you know, herbicides and um, pesticides and all that kind of thing that we put on the stuff that we eat, like, that all ends up going into our bodies at some stage and like a prolonged, um, uh, what is it? Sorry. <laughs> like a prolonged, you know, uh, fuck. What's the, my God, what's the word? <laughs> we lost it. Uh, but yeah, if we had that, if we have that for a long amount of time, exposure, sorry, a prolonged oh, exposure yeah, yeah. to that affects us. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty crazy how that kind of works. Did that start after you moved to LA or was that something that you had in Australia? Cause I'm curious. I wonder if, like the the Americanized food that we eat here is any different than Australia and if it um, affected you differently? Um, it happened, I found out about it in Australia like about a year or so before I moved. Um, but the American food is slightly different. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> Jet, yeah, I mean like the processed stuff here is incredibly processed and yeah. crazy. Like the meats are different worse uh, not as good quality for sure um and the produce is pretty good you have a really good organic like selection here though so in australia we don't so much i don't know if it's because we don't need it Hmm. um or whatever it is but like organic food in australia like you know there's like normal not normal but you know there's normal produce and then there's organic produce and the organic stuff Mm -hmm. here is maybe like 20 cents or a dollar more or something in Australia, it's like three times the price. Really? Yeah, we just don't have the same demand for it. So it's like a lot more huh. expensive. I would say it was about the same kind of different price difference, like probably 10, 15 years ago. But then just re- like very recently, I feel like things are getting a lot, like the difference is lessening. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's good. Because it's, it's definitely like a good option to have here. Oh, yeah. Because the more, more we buy it, the more it's going to go be a norm, like be a normality. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I mean, but yeah so it started kind of yeah before I moved and then I started like trying to grow my own plants and doing all that kind of stuff um, grow my own veggies and shit back home because I had like a so I was like yeah I didn't want to have whatever was on all these vegetables I was like I'm going to grow it myself and we got fully obsessed with all that stuff so I'm just trying to yeah. start a garden here as well at some stage 
I had a oh I had I had a question so how like how does because especially with electronic music right now I feel like the bit there's a big culture around intense fans or stands so and that's basically what the nobodies would be I guess defined as as people that just really like you and your project and what you you know what you're doing what you're making um did you come up with like that name or did people just kind of make this and you just found it one day and you were like, you're like, Oh, that's, that's neat. Um, so the nobodies came about my, uh, the, the, the group came about organically. Um, but I had this idea for the name, um, before it, before it kind of happened. Um, I had this kind of, I sat down well, for like a, a night till like 4.30 in the morning and like decided really honed in on what I wanted out of out of what I was doing I guess and one of the things was to have like if if this group were to happen is to have a group of people that were super supportive um, super wholesome um, really caring and kind and have like a community that was for each other kind of thing and I didn't want it to be some like crazy egotistical thing where I was like the fucking or whatever um so the nobodies the basically the idea behind being a nobody is the fact that you know you're everybody's a ground level um there there's a complete lack of ego inside this group i'm not like meant to be some fucking big thing there's not meant to be like anyone who's above anyone we're all meant to be kind of in this together like there was this whole story that i had um about you know blank is set in like this fucking post-apocalyptic world and the alphabet and glyph and stuff that I um, had made up for it as well was meant to be like the language for that. Um, And the nobodies were like just a band of people that, um, yeah, were just kind of like able to support and help each other. And I was kind of wanting to bring that into, into now. And I suppose that's what, that's what this is. And so, um, yeah, being a nobody just kind of means that, you know, everyone's everyone's on the same level. There's no one like above anyone. Um, and I think that's like a really cool thing to see because I think that's kind of happened. Um, and it's, I don't know how it's happened, but it's kind of happened naturally. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I'm really, really proud of how that group is and how that group activate, uh, like works. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm fairly active in it, but it's also active in its own right as well. And it's just kind of happened organically. So yeah, I'm really stoked with, with how it is. Yeah, I definitely, you can, I, that's cool that that's like how it came about because it definitely, uh, comes across that way in the group comparing it to, you know, different. Cause I, I've been part of the group, I would say since like last May, I think. And I've been yeah. in a decent amount of like Facebook groups for artists. And there are some where the artist just gets like either so big or the group gets so large that it kind of becomes more of like it becomes less of what you want it to be or like what the artist wants totally. it to be i feel like and so yours even since it's grown so much since like last spring or summer um yeah. you still see like the same like quality posts and it's like less it's not like comparing artists like unneeded comparisons and stuff like that it's more about like bananas and potatoes and like (laughs) 
And I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely been like, yeah, I'm really proud of how that how that's worked out as well. As, as you say, it's, I am worried about it getting really, really big. But I think if we continue to kind of go the way that we're going and I continue to be active and sort of show, like, that's why I'm like, I'm not posting in there as blank. Like I'm posting in there as like my own personal page. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be some big fucking thing that's sitting on a pedestal telling everyone how, you know, fucking praise me type thing. I don't, I don't want that. Um, that's not the, that's, I don't think that's healthy. Um, and I don't want that to be the, um, message that I get, that I put across. So hopefully we can yeah continue the way that it's, that it's going. Did you come up with that, that story? You said that you came up with that glyph in the story of the nobodies in this post-apocalyptic word world. Yeah. Was that a, like a story that you came up with on your, by yourself at that 4.30 a.m. Yeah. night? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've got so, it all written so down in like like a notebook somewhere. Yeah, there's like a whole fucking really? like, yeah, backstory to this whole thing. But that's the thing, like, it's I don't. That's never gonna like come out. That's never gonna be like part yeah. of the brand sort of thing. Like, it's, but it's like, yeah, I thought I wanted that to be an underlying uh, narrative behind all of this that kind of drives what I believe this that I want this to kind of be. And I think that's helped shape it a little bit somehow. Instead of me kind of just about it as whatever, I think it's like this kind of there little bits might pop out here and there, like the alphabet's obviously a thing. Um, and people will ask where it's from and I'll be like, Hey, oh, this is where it's from. Like it's, you know, and I kind of think that just gives it a bit more of like a, <clears throat> people can like be a part of it more that way. Like the, I, the alphabet's like open for people to get, I think it's like, there's a file inside the nobody's group that you can yeah, like download and like use. And so like, I want it. I want people to have ownership of that. Like I want people to really feel a part of this entire thing. Um, so yeah, I guess yeah, it's it's kind of all access for everybody. It's like kind of the aim. Yeah, yeah. It's it's creating a bigger experience almost right. with within like blank the person. Yes, but it's blank as like yeah. the, the overlying world that you're kind of creating. Yeah, totally, absolutely. We and see like, that. I'm seeing that a lot pop up. Uh, Sudden death void is a really good example. Yeah of just like creating this whole world around this, this character essentially that they're portraying. It's incredible. It's, I love to see like that, that being created uh, totally. across the board. I think it's like the next, the next step of, of music, honestly, is creating a larger experience around the projects. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. I think like that's what BTSM have kind of done in a sense as well is like, it's very immersive. Um, and yeah, like you say, it just feels like a bigger world. It's like not just the music, mm-hmm. it's like this kind of whole thing. Porter's done that as well. Yeah, it just makes it... Right, yeah, definitely with Porter. It just makes it so much, like, from a fan's perspective, like, so much more authentic, because it's, like, without naming names, there's certain projects that I think it's kind of clear that they maybe are just, like, a marketing, you know, technique, or yeah, it's more about marketing and selling this, this artist, which, whether or not the music is impressive which usually it all is yeah is kind of besides the point it's more about selling it it's so it's like refreshing and like just makes it seem so authentic to see this entire experience going into this not just you know somebody who's making songs and playing concerts totally man i feel like that's like we deserve i mean like the fans deserve to have that i mean like i feel like you know we have so much support from everyone and like that's it's kind of the least we can do is to give them a proper experience and to give them like everything that we have sort of creatively um and to be able to like portray and give different sides of experiences that aren't just 
just the music like it's gives you this deeper sense of um you know of being of feeling of like all of these things um so yeah it's it's definitely i think it's definitely an essential part of it for sure yeah i think that's part of the reason why porter just got so huge aside from being like amazing musically yeah. but he is just the king of creating this yeah. entire world around yeah. his songs it's absolutely dude. it's incredible yeah totally 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 he literally created worlds mm-hmm. literally <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah yeah he's definitely on another level with all that kind of shit it's it's what he makes feel so honest and I, yeah same with all like the rest of it the rest of what goes with it is just like a honest creation and i think that's what's so accessible to to what he does mm-hmm. yeah well, and i think that lends itself to what you're doing as well so awesome. yeah. i agree thanks man hell yeah that's, that's really cool to hear but i'm i'm out of questions yeah I'm... i think that was awesome we were i was saying to um before we started i was like we i mean we were all pretty nervous this is our first like interview here going going into it so we were like i don't know what to expect but literally just had an hour and almost two hours of just an awesome interview so thank you for uh taking the time out and talking to us <laughs> yeah yeah dude of course you guys have always been super supportive so yeah when you guys hit us up i was like yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah um, yeah that that yeah thank goes you. to the same thing with creating experience everything like that and daryl and everybody at electric hawk is doing such a good job so certainly yeah that we, yeah we we uh spoke to andre and He's like blank, and his team are interested, and we were like, "No way!" <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Connor wouldn't stop talking about Flatline for weeks. I, I really, I toned back how much I brought. Like, I could have done an hour, two hours on Flatline alone, and that was Fragile Violence and all the other. But Flatline was like, God, that's really, that's so sick. It's seriously one of my favorites of 2019. It's, it's such a, such a good song. Fuck, man. And like, like what you were saying, like with working with, um, Neve and everyone like that collective yeah um she just calvania just fits so well onto that song like it's just such a perfect fit for yeah um over the since uh yeah no i really could literally do two hours so that's so uh, funny going into it <laughs> Man, i was like guys i really, I really appreciate that uh, yeah it's like we i'll tone it back you. so it was just one question yeah we definitely do well i yeah, guess so before yeah go ahead evan uh, i was gonna say before we let you go completely do you have any upcoming projects that we can expect or anything that you're working on that you'd like the people to know yeah. about specific specifically if you can if you can talk about it um totally if not you know we can edit this out um, but we're big ophelia fans so the, maybe the jason ross collab any update on that uh, yeah Ophelia is fantastic gotta love that shit um that's mm-hmm. i'm not sure when that's going to be done um oh when that's going to be released because we're still still working on little bits of it here and there um, mm-hmm. really excited for that to come out though. Um, I fucking love Jason. He was incredible yeah. to work with. Um, and that's, that's the kind of song that I've been wanting to make. Cause it's a really, it's an amalgamation of like the, the heavy stuff and the light stuff. And like, it just fits so perfectly. Oh. Um, so, uh, we're just trying to find the right vocal for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's in the works where I'm doing a EP at the moment. That's going to come out through dead beats um oh and it's going to be a bit of a heavier thing Mm. which is exciting um so that's going to be the next thing i'm pretty sure that's going to be the next thing to come out oh the next thing to roll out anyway um and i've got a couple of i've got two or three remixes that you guys can expect as well um i can't 
oh, can I drop what they are? No, I won't drop what they sure are. Sure, you so. can. <laughs> but they're really exciting. One like one's like a a, a mid tempo melodic thing in terms of like it's like a timey down sort of version. Um, that's like 100 BPM. It's super. It's like one of the one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, it's really like vocal melodic hooky type thing. I really like that. Um, and then another one's like a 150. Um, if yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Ophelia style record. So it's like a big mm-hmm. melodic dubstep thing. And then um, I've got another heavier mid tempo, like that doesn't feel like mid tempo. Like a lot of the mid mid shit that I'm doing now is like very groovy and doesn't feel like hmm. uh, it feels like more like Hellraiser as opposed to um, I don't know what like the the typical mid tempo stuff I guess. Yeah, so it's more melodic. It's it's more melodic, more groovy, more hip hop kind of thing, yeah. like a vibe to it, um, but still like super heavy. If that makes sense, you'll you'll see when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, closer closer to like hellraiser than like the the res collab or something like that i guess so it's less like it's less straight beats it's not as like dunk, dunk. Oh, okay it's like kind of gets yeah. you moving <laughs> okay okay nice. moving and grooving we're all about so that. you have the eps coming out is there any any thought in the future near distant future of a blank album like a complete front to back project yeah there's absolutely a thought for that no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i've got a lot of i got a lot that i'm working for something like for something like that i'm doing like i want to do like a big project um a big concept style thing um with mostly my own music lots of like features vocal stuff um and it again incorporates this whole like world that i'm trying to sort of incorporate but we're gonna like get different Mm -hmm. sort of avenues about what it's going to in- involve, um, what kind of mediums it's going to take on, and that kind of shit. So, um, mm-hmm. yes, I think that will be a big focus for me this this year is writing towards some kind of big uh, big project thing. Woo! I'm so excited. That's, yeah, I, that's, that's I came in I nervous. So I'm walking out excited. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The way you sold each of those the individual uh, tracks that the Jason Ross and everything like that too. I was like, all right, I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm so <laughs> Shit, very excited now. Sick. Yeah. Well, the EP, I suppose, is toxic. And that's going to be like, that's covering a bit of ground in terms of style again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to, it's, it's, I've got like a mid-tempo thing on there, but it's like 100 BPM. So it's like, it's not like mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a bit faster than, the mid tempo, but it's not quite quite as fast as like house. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this mm-hmm. weird middle ground that I wanted to experiment with. So I've got oh, something nice. there, and I've got something at like ninety two BPM, which is a bit slower and oh, a bit yeah. more mid tempo-y, but also kind of like has a groove, like almost a. Some parts feel like a kind of bass nectar track. Ooh. Um, Ooh. And okay. then, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it'll make sense when you hear it. And then. Um, yeah, I've got like a 150 like dubstep kind of again, lack of a better word, walk bass type style track that like <laughs> still sounds like me. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so it's gonna be like a and then something that's sort of similar to Peace and Emptiness, and then a couple of other things. So yeah, that'll be. I'm really <laughs> excited awesome. for that. This is I'm like almost fit, sort of done with it now, and it's like 
it's all coming together. And I'm like, yes, this is gonna be sick. <laughs> Second EP on Deadbeats too. That that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're really supportive. They've been fucking amazing too. Yeah, that, that's um, one thing that I really like about your whole career is like you have like songs with Illinium. You've been like working with Deadbeats a lot last year, and even like with this now EP or new EP, and then like also you have this Jason Ross song like it's just like you're everywhere all at once all over the place. Yeah, yeah but like you yeah. also but it's also like you're not sacrifice you're not sacrificing sound and i think that's super awesome right now not to mention just like the blank stuff right mm-hmm. that's really good to hear because like that was kind of the aim when we started because i wanted to be like diversity was definitely kind of the key um and i found it personally to be an interesting ride because it wasn't like i was just going every month like here's a dubstep tune here's a dubstep tune here's a dubstep tune or like here's a whatever other genre like and just be you know really consistent with that and so that i found it was like you know it was melodic something or other and then some fucking heavy thing so the two fan like style fans that i caught from each of those like sounds would be like what the is going on like what is he what's he going to kind of release um because they're obviously like some get attached to the melodic stuff some get attached to the don't want either of the mm-hmm. other things so it's taken a while for i think for people to kind of grasp the, that fact that that's that you know that that's what i am and so i think now mm-hmm. it's really started to become apparent and actually sort of take hold as part of what i am and what mm-hmm. people expect so it's an exciting time do you think you'll keep experimenting as you move forward or do you think you'll find a groove in um maybe release more mid-tempo or more of this more experimental, like like you said, not yet mid-tempo, but not yet house yeah, yeah. And just in between ground. So yeah. just exploring those avenues. I'll be doing, uh, I'll still be doing everything, I think. I'll be like, okay. I might find a groove, but I think the groove is going to be a sound to like a genre or a tempo. Yeah. So, and I th- like you say, like you guys are saying, like I'm not sacrificing sound for it, which is really good to hear because I'm like, as I do these things, I'm like, I hope people can make the correlation between everything. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So Definitely. yeah. Yeah. It's um, I think I'm just going to continue tightening what I sound like and that's going to still sound like everything, but in a more mm-hmm. blank kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, all right, JP blank. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for yes. sitting with us. Um, I know it was a little rocky at the beginning, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, Sorry. Um, okay. You're our first official guest, so we yeah. really do appreciate it. That's super awesome. I'm glad. Yeah, it was it was my pleasure, guys. A lot of fun. Thank you for having me. No, yeah, you are you're great. Thanks for stopping with <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I say, my my pleasure. Awesome. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your quarantine. Oh yeah, man. I was gonna say, yeah. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. Yeah. Wash oh, your you hands. Guys, you guys too. Always, always. Well, I don't leave the house. So. Yeah. But I'll still yeah. wash them. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks again, guys. Um, I'll hopefully speak to you all soon.